Wiley McGraw is a former star pitcher, competitive bull rider and three-tour combat veteran. He's also the founder of Radical Performance Acceleration and for over a decade he's been behind the scenes doing life-altering work with CEOs and entrepreneurs, leaders, public figures, folks like that, uh, kind of helping them to accelerate their performance both personally and professionally. He's also got a great name as well, Wiley McGraw. Uh, I love this chat. It's full of energy. It's full of common sense. And it's so positive. Uh, We talk about what Wiley thinks being productive really means, his holistic view of productivity, which I love, and the cult of self-help gurus, which I don't love. Uh, There's a bunch of links in the show notes, so check them out. Subscribe to the pod if you enjoy it. Let's get to it. Hi, Wiley. Hey, John. How you doing? I'm fantastic. How about you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm so good. glad to be talking to you. I mean, your Likewise. your name for a start, Wiley McGraw. I think I mentioned just be, just before we started recording. It's like the perfect cowboy name. Right, right. That's. Uh, <laughs> I I don't live that down. Uh, that's that's for sure. You could have like a you could have like a TV series in the 1960s, couldn't you? The Adventures yeah. of Wiley McGraw. Right, yeah, the rodeo cowboy, you know, rancher <laughs> lifestyle kind of a thing. Absolutely. Well, I appreciate. It. I really do enjoy, it and I love my name. So, thank you for yes, for, good. You for should acknowledging do. that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Right. I'll tell you what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you yes. 30 seconds now to tell us about oh. yourself, who you are, and what you do, starting about now. About about now. Well, I am uh, <laughs> known for unfucking and accelerating the lives of very powerful and prominent people. Uh, you can consider me, for all intents and purposes, a real life exorcist. I get into the trenches with individuals and I make them face battle and uh, eradicate their personal demons that actually hinder their power and potential and limit their ability to actually live from a place of peace and satisfaction with the successes they've created. Fantastic. Where's your website? (laughs) WileyMcGraw.com. I like it. You did, did good. That was like pretty much 30 seconds, that was. Um, you know, I've never practiced a uh, elevator pitch, so it's always fun to be <laughs> put on the spot. You know, it's kind of like, that, I guess, that military background of mine where if you throw me in the fire, I like to, I like to do yeah. it that way. Yeah, it's I was good. reading about that. I want to talk about that a little bit later because I think that's sure. really interesting, particularly when it comes to productivity in a way. Um, yes. Uh, uh, and particularly priorities, I would imagine, um, greatly. Um, so, so you deal with folks who are... I don't know. How should we describe it? You, you, you deal with CEOs, entrepreneurs, sports stars, folks. How do you describe them? How do I describe them? Yeah, um, the people um, the people that have the, the biggest impact and influence. Yeah. Uh, I would say it, their title, their industry is irrelevant. And I know we hear that constantly. So mm. what industry do you work in? What What is your, your niche? And at the end of the day, I'm kind of like the surgical special operations tool that's been passed around. Uh, different industries for the last 14 years behind the scenes being introduced referral based only. So I am kind of the, uh, the, the specialized, you know, demon slayer that gets into these lives of these very powerful and prominent people, no matter where they're at, what they do, because their impact matters. And if they are living a life of uh, complete, um, I would say disconnect from who they are in person in, in, in the public versus who they are behind the scenes, uh, it will hinder and infect and influence the masses in a very negative way. So I'm I'm the one that comes in and cleans that up. I yeah. optimize their lives. No stone left them turn. I go where therapists, other coaches, and gurus will not go or cannot go. Yeah. Uh, and I've just been I'm, I'm built that way. That's how God brought me into the world. I can't turn it off. 
And it's the nature of being an eruptor is when I meet someone, it's because they're in a position where they're really ready to actually uh, achieve their highest level of personal and professional performance. Yeah. Well, if we look yep. at LinkedIn and kind of social media and everything, you you, you get this this impression of, of some of these folks as, as kind of like being living in a different world to everybody else. But yes, from from people I've, I've spoken to myself, they all deal with exactly the same problems as as somebody who's just sat there in an office somewhere in a booth or something. <laughs> right. It's just yeah, maybe yeah. at a different level. But the actual problem sure. is still very similar. Would you agree? I would agree because here's the thing. We're all human beings. And I think we disconnect ourselves from the idea that if someone has a different job or different uh, level of, per, of personal status or notoriety, somehow they are different uh, from being a regular human. But they, at the end of the day, these are all human beings that just mm -hmm. have a different level of accumulation capacity. So they are able to achieve at a different pace, at a different level, at a, a, a different, yeah. uh, I would say, substantial amount. Uh, and I think we judge ourselves based on it. But the re reality is um, most people get caught up in the personal development pipeline, disconnect from the idea that they need anything or anyone outside of themselves. It's all yeah. self-dependent. And then they chase the idea of being at that level rather than achieving what makes sense for who they are. Do you think it's mindset? I think it is mindset. But do you think people That's, are born? Do you think they're born with this mindset? I think they're, they're yeah. Some people are born with. I mean, there are some leaders that are just born to be leaders. There are some yeah. people that are born to become leaders, and there are some people that are just born to be followers. And I think yeah. we we have a culture that says everybody needs to be productive to the degree that makes everyone a leader and makes everyone a leader of their own lives. Everyone needs to be at this high level of success. Everyone needs to have what these other people have, and that's absolute fallacy. And I think it's causing a lot of. Uh, mental stress, emotional uh, dysfunction, and it's causing people to feel lost yeah. uh, and constantly spending money, time, and energy chasing it. But the reality is it's it's mindset first and foremost, but there's more than just mindset. There's the idea of like, you know, where is your spiritual life at? Are you connected by faith? Do you have an emotional stability? Are you able to understand who you really are without the stresses that you've endured your entire life? And I think most people in, at the end of the day, even those at the very top, mm. can't objectively say yes. Yeah, yeah. So how do you define being productive? How do I? Wow, that's quite the question, John. Mm, how do I define yeah. it? Let's let's dive in. I think defining it really a superficial here, I would say it's all about keeping a, I think, a steady flow, working on the tasks or projects that actually perpetuate quality momentum and produce the fruits that only feed your life in a positive way. I think we get caught yeah. up in the rat race of just doing things to do things, thinking we're yeah. getting somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's not about doing more in a shorter no. space of time. Sometimes you get more done by doing less. It's already in a flow. I look at it this way is when I get up in the morning, I have a, you know my own list, et cetera. And I talk to my wife and then maybe I talk to my business partner. And what I do is I execute only on the things that are truly important that feed what it is that we care about doing out in the world. Yes, there are things that need to get done that necessarily aren't as important, but those are the menial tasks that are like the ancillary parts of life. But the ones that really do matter, that create good quality momentum, that creates steady, gradual growth that makes sense, that doesn't overwhelm you, and it feeds you with the right fruits, to me, that's, that's productive. That's being productive. What I do on the pod is I ask the same three questions to everybody who comes on. And the, and the first question is kind of like your number one productivity tip, the, the, the one thing that stands above everything else that you, you give to everyone. What, what's that? I, I think it's important to have a, a list of certain tasks and res personal responsibilities 
uh, be it personal or professional and both. Mm-hmm. I think that the daily morning touch points with maybe if you have a team or even your own, just your partner, uh, your wife, spouse, whatever, I think it's important to always ground in that touch point where you have the list of what you know is important, separating the important from the urgent, knowing mm-hmm. which ones matter the most, and then making sure that you just check off the boxes that you know come from those menial tasks that might necessarily need to be done but aren't as crucial to your progress. I think that reality is the number one productivity tip for me is take action on the things that uplift your life and business. I think people hesitate on taking action because they're trying to figure out how to uh, make sense of the entire process in their head first before they take a step. And that's where we fail. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think planning each day is is essential? I think it's important. I do. I think especially if you're someone who has a hyperactive mind, uh, I don't want to play labels in psychology, even though I studied it. Yeah. Um, If you have a creative, hyperactive mind, it's important to help that mind organize itself. And if you can give yourself that space to slow down just a moment, have a little bit of a list. I need one to know what it is I have yeah. to get done. As an accelerator, I'm constantly trying to move and move to the next thing. If I have a list, I know that I'm absolutely in a good place. I mean, the military was the same way. So I think it's important yeah. for people to do that in the morning or even the night before. Yeah, I would imagine in the military, there's a lot of focus on priorities and goals, right? Absolutely. Yeah, 100%. that's kind of like, and, and do you bring that over into your productivity? So everything, everything is chasing a goal. Everything has to be prioritized. I, I don't get lost, I think, in trying to always chase a goal. I think sometimes hmm. that's the other thing. We get so stretched out into the future. We, we forget that we're literally, we've got this moment right here. And we want to, we want to get things done. We want to move along. Human beings are impatient, especially hmm. now more than ever. We're more stressed. We're under the pressure, we're mm. under the thumb with like inflation and money, et cetera. So we're trying to rush to get to the next thing. And it's, what it's doing is, is it's creating dysfunction in our attention spans, in our ability to focus, and our lack of discernment of what matters and what we need to take action on. So I don't get caught up in goal, 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 even though I might set a goal yeah. and then I execute or take action on certain things that eventually get me to that goal without getting um discouraged by the idea that i'm not there fast enough yeah because that can that can make you unprod that can make you make you you unproductive unproductive. (laughs) yeah exactly yeah 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 i mean it's like your to-do list isn't it how do you work on the to-do list do you bang everything on it or do you just kind of like just have enough that you can do today you know what i look at it is especially with my business partner who's even more organized than i am Uh i and i ask her she she gives me the tasks that she knows that my skill sets my strengths can execute upon things that i can handle and manage uh, that she doesn't need to take care of and if she's taking care of the logistics of she's kind of like my you know uh pentagon and i'm the soldier out in the in the trenches my reaper drone that kind of sees what's going Mm -hmm. on and tells me where to go but gives me my tasks as a soldier and what i need to do I think what it really, really is, is I get up and I look at, you know, if I have a show and if I have a meeting, I got, I definitely can't have to get on and I have to talk about X, Y, Z with this person, or I have to travel somewhere. I execute on them as needed. And I just stay in that steady flow of momentum. And if I feel like, you know what, I need a break and I need to go outside and walk the dog for a minute, then I'll go do that. Yeah. I don't pressure myself to say, I have to work 12 to 16 hours straight as an entrepreneur. Or if yeah. not, I'm, I'm, I'm losing or I'm behind the power curve. And I think that helps the productivity go along. And when I get caught up, John, in the stress of I got to get it done, that's when I actually screw up and miss things on the list. Yeah, I think it's good to say that because I, I think a lot of folks do chase too hard, don't they? They do. Yes, we're, we're, we're conditioned to do that in our culture. All cultures are nowadays business, business, get it done. And in reality, as you miss out on so many different little nuanced 
more uh, discreet uh, things in life that matter. And you go wonder why you look back and go, why, why did I forget that? Why didn't I get that done? That could have helped me X whatever it is that I was doing over here. Yeah, absolutely. I always think back to the 80s. I can't quite remember the 80s because I was very young, in the, <laughs> very young in the 80s. But I mean, uh-huh. the, the 80s was a super productive time for the world. It was. Uh, it particularly was, yeah. the, the Western world, the UK, the US, uh, around Europe and that really highly productive. Um, mm-hmm. But I mean, it was full of long lunches, liquid lunches. I mean, it, it the people were not necessarily being that productive, but we were being productive. Do you know what I mean? We were, yeah, we, but we were, uh, again, I think this is, it set the tone for what we're experiencing now as well. People mm. have sacrificed in, uh, inappropriately to achieve that, that type of productivity and success. We have allowed our relationships to, to suffer, our health to um, suffer. We've mm. allowed our, yeah. ourselves to let go of things that really do feel who we are as humans. And I think that that's the biggest part. When I work with my clients, the, and I only do maybe two people a year because it's very intimate and it's very involved where I live with them, travel with them. I'm with them by their side 24-7 as that personal confidant that can see every area of their life that's affecting them. I think that's what we're missing is that the fact that I have to do this work to get these powerful people back to whole is the problem. It's like we have is focus hyperly on one side of life, which is how do I make money and grow my business? How do I yeah. succeed and be productive? And that's the problem with most people, especially in the West, is we are so business centric that yeah. relationships are easily discarded. And then we wonder why we're miserable and we're suffering or having so many different problems. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, so what do you think are some of the common misconceptions about productivity that the kind of things that we, I suppose we do, which we think make us more productive? I think they, they, you said it earlier, and I'm just going to reiterate it. Mm. I think it's getting just getting things done just to get them done, to checking a list mm. off. I think I've, I found that. I worked with a guy who was a former Wall Street guy and started his own business when he left the, the industry. Um, working with him, it was noticing how he was just, he had lists of, of things to do. And when you, you know, go through and you audit those lists, you realize like 60% of that stuff was irrelevant. It didn't yeah. even matter. But yeah, he thought, yeah, yeah. because he's such a productive guy, that as long as I check the boxes, I'm getting something done. I'm moving the needle. And reality was he was still spinning in one place. <laughs> and yeah. he's like, why aren't things moving? I think the problem is we get things done just to check them off a list without discerning if they are important or yes. if it's just busy work. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I totally agree. I mean, one of the things I've done for quite a while now is I revisit all my workflows every six months. Right. Right. And I go through everything that I do, all the recurring tasks that appear, everything. And I think to myself, do I still need to be doing this? Is it actually important? Does it mean something? Yeah. What kind of fruit does it produce for me? Yeah. Yeah. What fruit does it produce for me? Yeah, exactly. And a lot of the time it's like nothing. You're wasting your time, aren't you, really? Well, then that's the thing, too. I think, John, is they people get caught up in the idea that, well, you know what? Industry leaders and gurus tell me that I need to work harder and I need to scale, scale, scale. So we end up having to add more to our list to try to make that possible. And I think people are also missing the point. Not everything is just about endless growth. When do you become content for a moment and learn how to use that contentment in the moment you've created some success to help reset you or refuel you Mm -hmm. so you can turn around and revisit those lists like you do and go, you know what? Okay. I, I made it to a six-figure business. Now, I'm, and let me just be content with this for a minute. That, you know, this is a feat that not a lot of people get to. Mm. What happens is we go, okay, I made it to six. Now I want to get to seven. And nobody yeah. slows down to appreciate and be content for a moment. We just, and then we go, now let me add a thousand more things to the list because going from six to seven figures is not easy at all. And it takes a lot more effort and more work and more focus. And it takes more time and energy. And people tend to be burned out by the time they get to that point. Yeah. Yeah, because that... 
Yeah, I, I suppose you could make you could make your first billion. Uh, <laughs> and <laughs> would be nice. And then, yeah, you, and then, else. what is your goal to get a second one? When when just the first one, enough? you know, what one could keep you going and generations, generations of your family. Oh, well, well, yeah. Why oh. not? Why not be? Maybe maybe some people are meant. To, if people are listening yeah. to this, maybe some people need to slow down, stop, and discern from them. Okay, is this where yeah. I'm actually meant to be? Because everyone, not everybody is meant to be a millionaire. Not everybody's yeah. meant to yeah. be, especially a billionaire. But yeah. it's like, why do we get caught up in the idea that if I don't have more than where I'm at, then yeah. somehow I'm a loser or I failed at life? Maybe finding your ability to streamline productivity, making a hundred grand a year, uh, 60 grand a year for the moment can produce mm -hmm. new solutions for where maybe you might need to now net, next best put your talent or skills. And you might find that maybe that 50 grand a year salary is one way and you find you can open up some little side thing that helps supplement your income. But we get really tunnel visioned on productivity of get it done, get it done, move this, move, 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 scale, scale, scale. I got to be like everybody else. And that's a problem. Um, the second question I ask everyone sure. is, is what's the best piece of advice you've ever been given? It could be life advice. It could be productivity <sighs> advice, anything. So, oh, you man. know, a mentor, somebody who's given it to you. I think my business partner has always been, you know, I think life experiences, first and foremost, let me back up. My life experiences is were, were my mentors to me. I never really got caught following someone else. I think I, I was able to identify the, the limitations and even the blind spots in mm. their advice and what they do for people. That's why I don't, I don't, I think the self-help industry is broken. I think it's mm. actually um, very narcissistic centric. It makes yeah. people believe in I, 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 I. So yeah. everyone, and then they sell you the notion that, you can do it yourself, but by buying my program, you know, by me, yeah. and I'm going to show you how you can do it yourself. And the reality is that when you meet some of these leaders that are selling that, they they are the, the last people to admit then that they need help or that they want to surrender to someone who can challenge and push them. So I've experienced that myself, which is why they have the SBIN. But I think the best piece of advice to answer your question here is that, you know, I, there's a couple parts to it. I think what's coming up for me right now is like we all need an outside force that's greater and better than ourselves to really face and battle our personal demons in order to achieve the life that we are destined to experience. Mm. And that destiny is different from fate. I think we get caught mm -hmm. up in what fate is versus destiny. Yeah. Destiny being set by God, fate is determined by your mindset and your actions. And when I, my business partner said that to me a long time ago, I was like, that, that, that makes total sense. Like who am I to think kind of hubris do I have to believe mm. that I can face in myself and battle through these personal stresses and chaos that I'm experiencing without someone who can contain me, who can pressurize me and challenge me from the outside, who's greater in power than I am. And I think that's where human beings get, get stuck is they believe in the, the self and they worship the self as the idea that they can get to where they want to go. And the reality is there's no such thing as self help. It's all about needing outside forces that can push challenge and stretch us. Yeah. Yeah. I like yeah. that. I like that. You mentioned the guru. I'm, I'm kind of, it's, it's one of the reasons I, I do this podcast is is because I've I've seen many a guru. Sure. And, and I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I mean, it's because I'm, I'm I'm like a little bit old, so I, I've kind sure. of like I've I've been unproductive. I've done rubbish. I've I've done well, and and you kind of understand what worked and what didn't. Um, uh, over the past and that, but I do see a lot of the gurus who who kind of you know they probably haven't done it and they're just talking about it. <laughs> well, there's a lot of I work behind the scenes with some of them, and mm. I will say uh, if you were to pull back the curtain from a majority of the mm. people that are in the self help personal development industry, you will find that 
they are not as quite as optimal holistically as they claim themselves to be. There yeah. is, you would go, why am I following this person? Why am I reading their books? And what they do is they sell you the idea and concept of personal growth and transformation. Mm. The reality is they're giving you more limitation. What they need for you is to help sustain their business model. And I've shared this constantly with people before in the past is you are feeding into their personal business growth. While yeah. you're chasing what they are, it's almost like the cat, the, the carrot in front of the horse. Yeah. And people get very indoctrinated into that and they end up becoming cultish where they end up defending the guru because they like yes. the energy. They like the way they feel. They like the hype. Yeah. They like the high that they get when they're in the community yeah. of other people that are like them. And when you try to tell them, hey, wake up, there's something going on here that you're not seeing, they fight you for it and yet they get stuck. And that bothers me because it's like, the same concepts and same coaching and the same programs just repackaged and repurposed and with a new shiny bow on it introduced to you year mm. in and year out. Why is it that the personal growth industry, the personal development space seems to be getting richer and then there are millions of people that seem to still be stuck? Yes. Why is it that we have one Tony Robbins and yeah. not hundreds of thousands or millions of other Tony Robbins? Why is yeah. it that they are the only ones and they need you to be that way? And I will speak just like that of it. I'm not going to speak ill of people individually, mm. but it's just the fact that I've seen it. I understand it. If the industry is all about personal de development, then why does it seem to be only talking about scaling business and making money Yeah, yeah. while yeah. people still spend their life savings trying to figure out how to get out of the hell they're living in? Yeah. Yeah. There is a bit of a cult about self-help still. I quite fancy being a cult leader, you know? <laughs> it's like, well, it's the yes power. men syndrome it is truly the yes men syndrome people like to control their resources and when they feel they cannot control someone who's there to challenge them they don't discern whether or not that's a threat and they just push it away and I, how many people have missed out on an opportunity to truly transform their lives in a way that they were meant to simply because they didn't like the way the person talked or the way it felt when they were yeah. in front of them yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. So when you start working with a new client and you start yes. looking looking at what how they live, what they do right now, um, do you look at every aspect of their life? Do you look at their work? Do you look at their personal <laughs> lifestyle? Do you, I mean, are we talking, do we look at diet? Do we look at exercise? Do we look at everything? Everything. So here's, here's what stands me out, makes me different from any other uh, coach that's out there, mm. is the fact that I'm very holistic in, in my work. Great. It is not an, it's not an approach. I tell, you know, I've had public figures go, I don't like your approach. And I literally tell them, this is not an approach. This is a conversation. This is a, mm. a real relationship we're developing here. And what I've found when people say that is, this is how indoctrinated people are into this industry, that everything is a marketing ploy, everything mm. is an approach, everything is an attempt or a system. In reality, when they meet who, what it is that I am and do, it kind of rattles them. So with me, I look instantly, the moment I meet someone, I'm introduced to someone, that's because they're in a position where they're really feeling and connecting to what I did for their friend or colleague. And they really want to know what it is I can do for them. Yeah. Then what I do is basically become someone who just does what you should be doing is having a relationship with that person. I interact yeah. with them. I have, we break bread. We, I'll spend time with them on the phone multiple times a week. I do what I call calibrating them to make sure they're ready to do the work that I'm going to put them through. But through that process, if you will, if you want to call it that, the calibration, just spending time intimately getting to know each other, I'm also paying attention to how they react to the things I say to them, to the insight and advice I'm already giving them, to the challenges I'm already putting in the front of their face. I talk about their money, where they're at with the relationships with health, mm. where they're at with every aspect of their business and their life. And it's amazing is it's very holistic. 
I have a network of 40 plus specialists I've curated over the years that work in tandem with me when I need them from different industries, from doctors to, uh, you know, uh, personal trainers, et cetera. And I know instantly the moment that I meet them exactly where I need to actually start poking so I can start erupting mm -hmm. and getting to the core of what's really going on. And then when it's time for both of us, we feel it. That's when I say, hey, here's what the investment needs to be. You need to write the check. You got to jump and let's get after it. And that's when we decide. And sometimes it can last a few weeks, John. And I've had mm -hmm. clients, you know, potential clients last upwards of five to eight months before I even tell them they're ready to do the work. Yeah. So it really is a different way in which I, I am all about taking care of the human being and the individual. No stone is left unturned in my work. I'll yeah. go places therapists won't even go. I will literally go after partners, spouses, children, everything yeah, that yeah, affects yeah. that individual's performance to me needs to be addressed. Yeah, I, I like you. I like how you mentioned the word holistic so many times. It's it's in the strapline of this podcast because it's so freaking important. I, I interviewed somebody the other day, a, a, a nutritionist, because I think that's hugely important in in your productivity. Sleep's important. Everything, relationships with everything. other people, everything affects important. you. Absolutely, yeah, the whole every, thing. You know what? Every everything affects you. And you know, sometimes what people don't realize is is that there are things that are indirect in your life that are actually affecting you. It's you, you might wonder why are you in the roller coaster of money? Money comes in, money goes out. You might think it's just a productivity tick, uh, thing that you need to change. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> it might be a system you need to add to your business or it might yeah. need to be restructuring your organization. And everybody gets very, I would say, myopic with what they think the reason is that's going on for them. And what I have found in my work, I go, well, maybe there's a relationship outside of you right now that is actually hindering you. And you can find when you're willing to go into those depths with people that I had a client uh, once where his mother-in-law was the impetus to why his money was doing what it was doing. Yeah. I had to stop yeah. and yeah. go address and actually deal with and work with the mother-in-law so that we can change the relationship dynamic between those two. He was unaware was actually hindering his ability to focus and really accept and welcome in money because she was siphoning money. So it became this weird, hmm. he was like, I never thought my mother-in-law would be the reason why my money was having a problem. And once yeah, yeah, we yeah. fixed that dynamic, we were able to actually watch how millions of dollars were able to flow effortlessly into his business that had been stagnant for for months. Yeah, yeah, and it yeah. reduces the stress, increases the productivity, just instantly, does everything. Just instantly. instantly. So, yeah, people don't realize yeah. that relationship dynamics and how complex they and intertwined they really are. Yeah, yeah, everyone wants it to be linear. Everyone wants to see the cause A, yeah. effect B. In reality, yeah. life does not work that way. No, no. No, yeah. not at all. No. So, 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 do you do you kind of put a strategy in place? Do you have a fixed system, or or is it different for every? Everybody? Yeah, I, I love yeah. that's a good question. Everyone is in, individually different, mm. so I cannot approach one CEO the way I would approach that Hollywood celebrity. I yeah. cannot approach a business owner over here the the way that I would approach a pro athlete. Everything yeah. is going to be the based on the individual and how they react to me in the relationship. So it really becomes this like intimate experience that is it's basically customized if you will if we're going to use these terms mm. to the individual based on their personal capacity their level of accomplishment who they are the relationships and where they're at mentally and emotionally and physically and even spiritually so yeah. i become this integral part of their life where i am basically a new family member that's fully integrated right into everything that's going on there is no real set strategy outside of a maybe the framework that i have built to basically pull people into this relationship with everything that is that I do is a relationship oriented yeah, yeah. dynamic. Yeah, yeah, I, I like that it is different for everybody, and it's different for everybody, and and it's different for everybody, isn't it? Whether yes. you're a CEO or you're just work, work, working at a bank or you, you know, yeah. it, it's 
There's it's no cookie cutter system here. Yeah. No. And there's, I mean, I, there are things that that CEO needs. I had a, a guy, uh, just real quick, if you don't mind, I had a guy mm. that uh, uh, was a, a financial dude on Wall Street as well, had a side mm. business, but he hid from the side business. And when we met, he said, hey, I, I expect you to help me optimize my, my professional life here and help me, you know, kind of mm. just be a better guy, et cetera. And, and when I noticed was my time spending with him, I spent five days with him at his house. Um, I spent that five days with him. What I noticed was that that side business was the thorn in his side, if you will. Yeah. He was burying his head in the sand and he, he thought that that had no effect on his performance and his ability to make money and do things he wanted to do in his life. And that was the very place he refused to go. He absolutely fought me tooth and nail. I will not yeah. go address it. His mother and father-in-law were bleeding him about 250 grand a month in the red. And it was like a multimillion dollar business. And I said, look, this is literally going to mm. bleed you out. So we basically had to go there. Now, if I go and talk to another client, that's not going to be the same thing for them. It might yeah. be a completely different beast. I cannot do the same thing I would have done for that guy for a new client. It has to be completely based on the individual. That's what life is all about is where are you at personally? And I'm going to go after the things that you do not want to look at because that is the first place I need to address. And most gurus, coaches won't do that. They just won't get into the trenches with people. The third question I ask everybody, you're going to like this one, is is, is what's your, your secret procrastination? How do you waste time? <laughs> you know, when you're meant to be doing some work, how do you? Oh, my. I honestly, I, uh, my soul aches and hurts when I have to do anything digital. I, I just, <laughs> I have been, again, I for, for 12 years prior to the pandemic, I, I had no digital presence, no business card, yeah. no website. Everything was so just, I'm just an intimate guy in na by nature, but my soul feels crushed when I have to sit down and I have to post something maybe on a Twitter now, or I have to, you know, I, I started my own podcast, which is fun, but just doing like, I think what I procrastinate on really is that is, is truly the digital world feels like this prison of limitation and superficiality to me. And it yeah. feels like a, a, a never ending open landscape where people are airing grievances and dirty laundry and dysfunction. And it's yeah. like, I can't find myself going, Hey, great day today, Wiley. Let's sit down and get on Twitter and, and LinkedIn and Instagram and have some fun for the next four hours like some people can do. I, I ugh, yeah. just drives me nuts. But anyway, I'll still do it if I have to. I think that's where I procrastinate a little bit because my soul belongs being in the trenches with individual people and doing like what we're doing right now, having conversations and chopping it up and pushing people and giving them good advice and insights. To me, yeah. that's where I thrive. Yeah, I like that. I'm, I'm quite disappointed with the whole internet thing as well to be, to be fair i think uh, right. I, I remember when it started back in the 90s me too me too and, yeah and i was i was working in tv and radio and a lot of people left tv and radio because they saw this amazing new publishing amazing. platform appear right and right. and and it was it, it was like oh we can all actually be individuals we don't have to publish what our editors tell us we've got to publish anymore we can, we can actually yes. get, we can go out and express ourselves and right look well, what we got 25 years look later. what we got you 20 and honestly here's the thing there's not all expression is good and healthy and not, no and, and, and at the end of the day we this is why it's, this is a perfect proof in the pudding john that we need proper containment for freedom yeah. people think that freedom yeah. comes from an ability to do whatever yeah. we want whenever we want however yep. we want with no yeah. consequences that's yeah. actually chaos yes that is not freedom no. The internet. I remember I had my, my Macintosh, the Apple Mac, those first you know generation ones playing the Oregon Trails and getting on the internet with <laughs> AOL and the whole nine yards. I totally understand what you're saying right now. Yeah, it was a good go. time. Yeah, uh, Wiley, it has been an absolute pleasure. I've really enjoyed this. Um, I concur. Where, Thank you. Where can we find you? Where's your website, social media bits that you hate? Oh, uh, yeah. 
That's uh, <laughs> fine. I'm still, I'll still participate because uh, I understand the times. Uh, WileyMcGraw.com, W-Y-L-I-E, McGraw, just like TimMcGraw.com is my website. Everything on there I wrote personally. It's all my philosophies, insights. I've got some white papers on there that uh, help touch on what you and I discussed today. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn.com forward slash WileyMcGraw as well. Twitter at WileyMcGraw. And uh, I started my own podcast called Wise Words and Whiskey with Wiley McGraw, low-key conversations on high-performance living. So um, that's a place to go. Whiskey spelled without the E, by the way, because right, yeah. I'm, I'm a Scot. Uh, <laughs> right, yeah, I quite like the idea of the whiskey part of that. Yeah. Well, I, I send all my guests a premium bottle of whiskey that we're going to share on the show together. It's a little tasting at the beginning. Uh, I've got a bunch of pro athletes coming on here uh, this mm. this year and some celebrities, but I've had some really cool business owners, other leaders, other just really cool people from yeah. firefighters to it's all about low key conversations like you and I are doing right now, sitting on the back porch, sipping a glass of whiskey, having yeah. have chopping it up over some something cool that gives people advice and wise words to better their lives. I, I'd recommend a nice Pendaren whiskey. I, I don't know whether mm. you can get it in the states, but it's a Welsh I don't whiskey. Know. It's it's yeah, got, it's, heard a, of it. it's aged in Madeira barrels, and it's like going yeah. through all the peat and it. It's lovely stuff. It's Pendaren. Is that how you say it? Pendaren. Yeah, Pendaren. Yeah, I'll have yeah. to check that out. Check yeah, I'm a single malt yeah. guy myself, but I, yeah. I'm open to anything and everything that is whiskey. That's I nice appreciate stuff. it. Yeah, 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 brother. Brilliant. Wiley, thanks ever so much for your time. Really appreciate it. Absolutely, John. I appreciate you as well. Thank you. Thanks again to Wiley for his time. Don't forget to check the links in the show notes. And if you've enjoyed the episode, subscribe for more. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Amazon, it's everywhere. Just search for the Triple T Productivity Podcast. Thanks for listening.